want to just commit what's going to be said now to you. I want to ask Holy Spirit, as I go through vision and mission, I want to ask you to grip us as a church. I want to ask you to grip individuals. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak into hearts. Lord, I want to ask you that this would be the springboard for another season of growth and expansion. Father, we commit this to you. We recognize this isn't human effort. Church is not built by human effort. It's built because you build it. And uh, so, Lord Jesus, we ask you, come by the power of your spirit and affect us over these next uh, 40 minutes or so. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Okay, well, uh, it is no secret I'm going to speak on vision and mission uh, this morning. And if you know me, you will know that each year, at the, around about uh, this time in January, I like to freshly lay out the vision and the mission of this church so that we all know clearly what it is we're about. So if you're part of this church, attending this church, you know what it is we do and where we are going, and that there is, I hope, no confusion. Also important that you understand that so that you can think, aha, I know where I can fit now, what I can do. Okay, so we're going to take a good look at uh, vision and mission, but before we do that, um, I think it's really important that we take a look at last year. Because last year, I stood up here and I said, right, our vision is doing church bigger. Absolutely. So what did God do with that vision? Let's have a little look, shall we? So we'll go through uh, a few of the things that uh, were achieved under doing church bigger last year. Well, the first thing I want to flag up is this one. 33 people last year made first-time commitments to Christ. That is sensational, and and I've said it before, and I apologize if I'm repeating myself, but actually that's history for us as a church. We have never seen as a church that before. We talk about doing church bigger. That's the kind of bigger we want to see, isn't it? We want to see more people. Many of these people have no church background whatsoever, and uh, so that's primarily come from our youth work and from Alpha. That's mainly where most of those uh, first-time commitments have come from. What else did we see? That's just magnificent. What else did we see? We saw some great healings last year. <clears throat> Who remembers Gabriella's voice? Yeah? She lost her voice for how long was it? Was it two? Well, it was quite a long time, wasn't it? She'd lost her voice. And then I think it was Anne Ewing and Naomi one evening prayed for her. They just laid hands on her and her voice instantaneously came back. That must have been a bit spooky, actually, as, you, as they prayed for her. And then boom, suddenly she was able to speak again. Uh, uh, which was wonderful. And then um, who remembers Penny's ear being opened? Penny came with a blocked ear, and uh, she said, can you pray for me? And so a group of us prayed for her, and she said, it feels like I'm underwater. And uh, so as we were praying for her, she suddenly said, ugh. I said, I'm sorry. She said, ugh, yeah, no, I've got this horrible taste in my mouth, and she ran off. And I thought, that was, that was it. I didn't see her again that week. And then next week, I said to her, what happened with your ear? She said, oh, as, as I was being prayed for, something discharged into my, my mouth. And that's why I went, ugh, because it tasted horrible. And I had to go and have a cup of coffee to take the nasty taste away. But she said, my ear was clear. It cleared. As, as I was being prayed for, the, her uh, ear was cleared. And it didn't return as well, which is wonderful. Do you remember Frank's ankle? 
Do you remember Frank had damaged his ankle? It was getting a little bit better. And then he, he was prayed for up here. And he said as he was prayed for, he said he felt heat run through his ankle. Distinctly felt heat run through his ankle. And then he was able to fully move his ankle in a way that he hadn't been able to before. He got full mobility back. And um, he then played rounders and scored a rounder. Unfortunately, he was on my side, so that was all right. <coughs> and then uh, we also saw an example of uh, somebody who was bleeding, and then the bleeding instantly stopped as they were prayed for. So be encouraged. There's some wonderful healings there. Now, now, the truth is, not everyone we pray for is healed, are they? And there's a bit of a mystery in all of this. But what we do do is we celebrate what we do see God doing. And we give thanks for it. And it's really important that we have that uh, thankful heart for it. What else did we see last year? We launched the 4 p.m. service on a weekly basis. A couple of woos. That's good. Good. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, no, that's, again, a very significant step for us as a church. We have never had two services before. So that's something that was genuinely pioneered last year. And it's going well. Well, Ian's saying yes, and he leads it. So, yes, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, we had 109 people last Sunday. 109? Yeah, well, that's really good. Uh, What else did we do? We launched more and a wider variety of connect groups. Herman, in particular, is grafting away really, really hard at this. And it's 10 now we have. 10. 10 different connect groups. And uh, we wanted to have a wider variety of connect groups, didn't we? So we've got men's groups. We've got women's groups. We've got family groups. We've got young people's groups. It's just, we're doing well in just trying to create a wider variety so that people can do what it says on the tin. They can connect into the church. So I want to encourage you with that. Yeah, we had, uh, during last year, we had 270 people on a kind of more regular kind of Sunday. We have had that at Christmas before, but we've never had it on a kind of regular Sunday. 270 people uh, on a, in fact, it was a baptisms, wasn't it? It was an afternoon baptisms that day. So 270 people. So just in terms of the numbers coming, that is a significant increase for us. You can be excited by that. That is good. That's really good. God said he was going to do church bigger. This is evidence. He's not not just saying stuff. He's doing stuff. You know what I mean? He's faithful to his word. Uh, We saw 12 people baptized last year, including first afternoon baptisms which was very good. Another little woo. That's very good. (laughs) Largest ever alpha last year. Largest ever alpha. We had 41 inquiries with 21 guests. Again, that was the the largest alpha we had. The one before that was the largest. So it kind of beat that record, didn't it? Yeah. And we're going to, you're going to beat that again. You've got a way to go yet, but yeah. Pyromania, that's our youth celebrations, uh, which Jeeves and Catherine and Tom and Sophie and James and Gabriella get together. And they are just basically having a youth celebration. They're inviting people from our, uh, our um, uh, district and also from our movement. And they had 40 to 50 for the first time. And we are seeing people saved in that. There's a remarkable story. I'm going to just tell you quickly. Uh, do you remember Jack? Who remembers Jack? Yeah? So as a young lad came, no church background at all, and he, and he heard the gospel for the first time. And he thought, oh, I don't know about all this. And then he had a word with Ian. And Ian said, look, he said, I think what you need to do, quite unusual for Ian, you need to go home and ask God to show you that he's real. Will he give you some kind of sign? So Jack said, oh, all right, fair enough. And he went home, 
and uh, he was sitting in his house on his own. Parents were out, and uh, uh, he, he didn't put any of the lights on downstairs, so he's, he's in the dark, wasn't he? He's on the dark. And as he was praying in his head, okay, God, what sign will you give me that you're real? As he prayed that, all the lights in the house came on. Bang. <laughs> and he was so freaked out, he ran off. He ran up to bed and put his head under the duvet. And, then he, and, 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 and he came then on Sunday and then in the afternoon, there was a word of knowledge about um, uh, painful hips. He came forward and he got prayed for. And, and he said he'd been in pain for some months. I'm looking at you to make sure this is correct. For some months. And he said that pain is completely gone. And then I think you or somebody or Steve said, so what about it then? And he said, yes, I want to I wanna make a commitment to follow Christ. God's at work. God's at work. It's just phenomenal. Uh, what else did we see? Well, we saw 150 people uh, attending Ashburnham. That is our uh, uh, kind of camp that we go away to. Uh, uh, everyone in, involved in New Ground, that's our bit of New Frontiers, that's our family of churches. Uh, we went away and uh, just attended, had a really encouraging, about 2,500 of us in total, really encouraging time. And uh, we just saw double the number attending from this church that came last time. So some really encouraging things happening there. Oh, yeah, and also largest New Day uh, numbers. New Day is a fantastic youth celebration uh, up in Norfolk. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, about seven, seven and a half thousand. And I think we took something like 48, was it, from this church? And there was something like 70 on our site in total. So in terms of the numbers, it's looking good, isn't it? Yeah. Let's be encouraged by that. Let's choose to be encouraged. Because there's plenty of stuff in church life that is not encouraging, isn't there? We don't have to search far for that kind of stuff. But actually, let's be intentional about encouraging ourselves with what is good. Okay, I just want to look at some other things as well. And some of you might not be aware that we do this as a church. So I'm just kind of wanting to fill you in with a little bit more information, really. What else did we do last year? Well, we support um, Jeremy and Laura Webb, who are working very hard. They've been working in South Africa, planting a church really from nothing. They've been scratching it out of the rock. And uh, they got to about 25, 30 people. But they're now in Kenya. Yeah. They were in a place called Bethlehem in South Africa. Uh, not to be confused with the other Bethlehem, obviously. Um, and they've now just recently moved to Kenya. Uh, so we support them on a monthly basis. We also support Pete and Sarah Benton who are, are planting a church in Berlin, and many of us ha have heard uh, Pete preach here. And uh, they're doing well. There are about 20 of them now. They went out with a six, and it's hard work. And Pete works very hard. He's worked in a bar, and he's up till one or two in the night, uh, just working, sweeping up, doing whatever he can to earn enough money. So we just are one of two or three churches that just have chosen to support him uh, in terms of um, uh, church planting. And we also support the New Ground family of churches. So we give money on a monthly basis to New Ground, and it means that new churches can be planted. Things like there's a church plant in Brussels. Uh, there's a new one in Delft in Holland that's going on at the moment. Um, there's obviously the Berlin church plant. And there's, there's a heart to, to plant churches all over Europe. And uh, I'm really delighted to be part of that. And I'm really just delighted that we as a church 
play our role in that. So we give to, to those three areas. We also support our five kids um, in Uganda. These are five kids. There they are, Glorious, Tracy, Beeston, Prossy, and Jonathan. And uh, we support them through WS Ministries. It's a little bit like Compassion. Many of you have heard of Compassion, have you? Yeah. So um, uh, basically we give money each month to support these five to make sure that they have uh, an education, they get basic health care, uh, and also uh, they get exposed to me, Dad, uh, who's preached here, and uh, his heart is to raise up men and women of God. In fact, he has a vision to see the next president of Uganda come through what they are doing. He's got real faith, the man, and just uh, it's, it's a, a great to be part of that. What else do we do? Well, did you know that we have a, f- a food store now that we run from... Um, the room just over there. It's not a food bank, it's a food store, and that's really, we do that through our, our Tuesday mornings. So on Tuesday mornings, we have a, a cafe, a community cafe here, and uh, Sharon and the Tuesday morning team increasingly are coming across people that just need help now. And they say, look, I've got nothing in the cupboard now, can you help me? So we're able to, from our food store to say, here is some food for today. We're not a food bank. We don't do it each week. We just give an emergency amount now. We do support the the food bank uh, that St. John's run, uh, the Loaves and Fishes uh, food bank, which I'm delighted to be part of. Uh, What else did we do? We gave away 20 hampers to local families at Christmas time, again through our connection with the health visitors uh, who come here. Uh, We uh, got involved in the shoebox appeal, and that's thanks to... Where is she? Where's Karen? Karen McCormack. Yes, that's really Karen's connection. Um, So it means that we give presents to orphans in Romania. Uh, The Jeans Appeal. Where's Nigel? That's through Nigel. I've got that correct. It was for the homeless, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was via London City Mission. Yeah, okay. So we uh, did that this year. We ran the Understanding Emotional Health Seminar, and as you've heard, that's going to be run again. So where's Carolyn? There's Carolyn. Yep, so sign up. uh, And uh, you want more men. You want more men. You have got some men. Okay. All right, men, could you come along to that, please? Uh, So that will be really good. But again, it's about trying to bless our community. Trying to make... This is really important information. It's a real key issue at the moment, emotional health, isn't it? Have you noticed that? Hello. Yes, you've become cardboard cutouts again. Yeah, okay. Uh, Yeah, so there's that, and we're doing that again. Tuesday Cafe, I've already mentioned, um, and that's something uh, that we're just so delighted to work with our health visitors, that they come twice a month, and we have somewhere between 150 and 200 people every Tuesday morning come through this hall, actually, and it's, you've got uh, toys out, and uh, Ian Lane is always there, and they dress him up and put a cowboy hat on him and do all sorts of things. Bless him. And uh, this, the rest of the team. And actually, what we have found increasingly is that that's a very important connection point with our community. Uh, lots of people now come, and uh, Sharon will often say to me, I've had somebody in tears because of the situation they're in, on my shoulder. Again, this is their story. Can we help them? You know, what can we do? And we're getting wiser as well in terms of how to work with other organizations. And I'm really keen about that. So we work with our local council. We work with Crosslight, a really great um, organization locally that help people with finances. 
So we're not trying to do it all, but we're, we're going to uh, signpost people to um, other organizations that can help as well. Really important connection. Um, we provide a base for a guy called Peter Williams who works for an organization called CDAP. That's the Community Domestic Abuse Program uh, for Kent. And um, his team meets here uh, uh, in one evening a week uh, and they just try and provide support for victims of domestic abuse and their relatives. I'm really delighted that um, we have that connection with him. Then the last thing I just wanted to flag up was I just wanted to say, look, we uh, very sadly saw uh, 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 Ruth die this year, last year, and it was a very painful and difficult time, but I just wanted to say how outstanding I thought you were as a church. I thought the way you loved and supported um, Wilbert and the family, I just thought was outstanding. The meals that were cooked, I don't know how many meals, Wilbert, how many meals did you, don't know, can't remember, so many. Uh, I know our freezers were full of meals, and I know people were cooking and washing and ironing, and I know you went to visit Ruth, and uh, lots of love was demonstrated. So I just want to say thank you, and well done. That was really good. So what was achieved in 2019? A lot. Let's be encouraged. God is doing church bigger, isn't he? Isn't he? 33 saved. People healed. More coming. You know, let's, let's intentionally be encouraged by the good things. Let's observe what God is doing among us and be encouraged. Having said that, I do want you to be encouraged. But I also want us to keep this in mind. What's the size of the task? See, the danger in, in, in some ways is that you can say, well, uh, look, there are s- some very positive things going on. And it's nice to be part of a church that is growing. Nice to be part of a church where people are getting saved. Nice to be part where you're seeing people healed. We don't fully... Uh, but actually, there is a danger, therefore, of complacency. Of complacency. And I just want to just remind you of what the task is again. That picture you're seeing there is a, a picture of Seven Oaks. That's uh, the vine. And there's the vine cricket ground in the middle of it. And there's the war memorial slightly to the right. So Seven Oaks Town has 30,000 people in it, just the town. But if you look actually at our district, and there's our district, the Seven Oaks District, with Swanley in the north, you've got Cowden and Penshurst in the south, you've got Westrum there in the west, and then you've got Kemsing, and I guess New Ash Green in the east. That's our region, that's our district, and that's approximately 120,000 people. Now, we're believing, aren't we, that God will continue to grow us as a church, and so therefore, we, we trust that before too long, God will make us 300 people. That would be good, wouldn't it? It would be great to be 300 people. Let's just understand, that represents 1% of the town. Not the district, the town. 1%. So we have to ask the question, or I was pondering, okay, okay, it's 1%. That's not very much, Lord. So I wonder what, what the number of Christians are in our town. Now, I don't know. I haven't got any stats, but I'm guessing. Let's say it's 10%. It's us and the other churches together. Let's say it's 10%. Let's go mad. Let's say it's 15%. 15% of that 30,000. Let's say they're all saved. That means there are 24,500 people in the town of Seven Oaks who are dead in their sin. 
who have no hope, who do not know Christ, and are facing currently, although we trust God will change this, but are facing currently an eternity without him. It means, therefore, that we live in a town of the living dead. They're alive physically, but spiritually, most of the people we live amongst are dead. And uh, as I was doing this um, presentation, I did it to a few leaders at the end of last year. And uh, Kate Gadd was among us. Uh, when she, and she said, ah, oh, that's uh, interesting you say that. Because right at the beginning of the meeting that we had, she said, I saw rows and rows and rows of graves. I like the war graves. You know the war graves where you just see thousands upon thousands of graves. And she said, that makes sense to me now. God is just emphasizing, yes, uh, Christians do not become complacent. Do not become complacent because you live in a town of the spiritually dead and they need to be saved. And you have the answer. We uh, know who Jesus Christ is. We know what it is to, to, be, to have our sins forgiven. We were talking, we were singing, weren't we, about how sin could be get removed and the barrier of sin. And it hit me freshly, actually, as we were worshipping. The barrier of sin can be removed. Now, I also want to say this. I don't want this to land too heavily on us, okay? Uh, I, th there is truth to this. This is about perspective. This is to enable us just to keep... It's God who saves. It's God who saves. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Yet we want to cooperate with him, don't we, in his plans to save this town. And just sometimes it's healthy to see a fresh perspective. I hope that's done that for you today. A fresh perspective. We live in a town of the living dead. Church, we have a job to do. We need to keep our eyes on what Jesus has commanded us to do. Go into all the earth and make disciples. Teaching them all the things that I've taught you to do. Baptizing them. And I'll be with you until the end of the age. That's what he said. Church, that's our job. That's what we need to continue to do. So there you go. There's a picture of the war graves. Now, wouldn't it be great to see those come alive wouldn't it be great to see that number reduced can we have faith for that can we believe for that can we say god now change these numbers see the numbers mean people can, can, can we reduce can we have 10 percent saved 20 percent saved can we see 30 percent of our town saved can we do that we have a god who is able who's well able to save the lost and he wants us to be involved in that process so you won't be surprised then to know that the vision for 2020 for this church continues to be doing church bigger bigger uh, but I think it's really important for us to take that apart a little bit and to ask this question why is it just uh, North's brain has addled and he can't think of anything else to do <clears throat> uh, well I trust not the reason we're going to do church bigger is not because we want a bigger church it's because of what we believe God is saying. So what has God said? What has God said to us? Well, in 2015, we received a very significant prophetic word. It's a long prophetic word, and I've literally just pulled out one line from it. It was from a, uh, one of the prophetic guys over at uh, Mid-Sussex. It was over myself and um, uh, Mark Hewitt at that time. And this guy started to prophesy very powerfully yeah, over us very accurately actually and and he said a time is coming when God is going to pour people like water into this church 
time is coming when he's going to pour people like water. Some of those dead people, I trust, are going to pour into here and God is going to make them alive. Do we want that? I long for that. A time when people pour like water into this church. Um, In 2018, do you remember this? Uh, Me dad came. And uh, uh, just if you don't know Midad, Midad Burungi is a very uh, powerful uh, Ugandan pastor. He pastored a church of 7,500 at one point, and I think that's quite small for Uganda. And uh, he was running that, and he's seen a number of uh, evangelistic crusades. He's seen people saved kind of on a regular basis. And he was in the UK, and um, I, I had been praying over the summer, God, would you show me what, it, what you mean by doing church bigger? And uh, he phoned uh, in, the, in September, and he just said, look, I, God has spoken to me about your church, and I, can I come and speak to you? So he came to the elders' meeting, and he sat down, and he just started to prophesy. And he prophesied a number of things, and one of them was that he, this, I see an eagle, is just about to take off. Your church is just about to take off. Your church is just about to take off in terms of all that God wants to do with it. Um, uh, That summer also, I had seen a picture of, uh, which is what this illustration is all about, I had seen a picture of us as kite flyers, a bunch of casual kite flyers. We were out having a jolly, nice, thank you, middle-class afternoon, and we were flying our lovely kites in the air, and it was all very lovely, and everyone said how lovely that is to do. And then suddenly this massive jumbo jet stormed over the top. And it was loud, oppressively loud. The noise of this thing. They, the, you know, it was a big, dirty thing. It was full of people. And it would be I thought what, the contrast between flying the kite and this jumbo was just enormous. And I felt in that picture God say, I'm gonna turn you from kite flyers into a jumbo jet. There's going to be a change in terms of the scale and the size of what I am doing among you. And this is what I plan and hope to do. And stop, it's not going to be a lovely, lovely thing. It's going to be an, okay, intentional. It's going to be full of people. They're going to be taking people. It's going to be loud and noisy. I'm going to do a powerful thing among you. I thought I'd throw this last one in as well. There are three people, um, actually, who are connected with this church all of whom have independently had prophetic words over them saying, you will not die until you see revival. Three independent people who are part of this church, all independently uh, have uh, seen that. And one of these ladies is in her mid-80s. So Lord, come. (laughs) So that's what God has said. So how have we responded then to what God has said? Well, last year, if you were here, you will know I set out a number of kind of things, which for me are this. I'm doing this. I'm saying, okay, God, that's what you want to do. We are going to step towards what you're wanting to do. And we said we wanted to become a church where we actively pursue planting and growing new Hope Church congregations, initially within the Seven Oaks District, but also to uh, be uh, open to going beyond these borders as well. And we said that within year one, we wanted to establish the afternoon of the current uh, 4 p.m. service as, as a weekly uh, a congregation of at least 100 people. But also, we want to ensure that this congregation, this 10 o'clock congregation, continues to grow. Hey, church, we have a responsibility. It's not all up to the afternoon. Okay, we have a responsibility 
to continue to invite people, to continue to share the gospel, to continue to have faith, to continue to pray. No, not convinced. Okay. <laughs> I'm on my own then. So, yeah, so that's year one. And then we said within the next five years, we want opportunities to plant out new congregations in the way that we have planted out the four o'clock uh, congregation. Uh, in my heart, I'm seeing at least two within five years. That's what I like to believe for and see, that we plant out possibly in another location, possibly here, but possibly uh, somewhere else within Seven Oaks. So we said we were going to do that. We said we wanted to create a church facility that can create at least 360 in one sitting. Actually, you will notice last year it was 400, but actually the, the, the legal size we can get on this site is 360. And we want to achieve that within the next five years. What else do we want to do? Well, we're beginning to do this as well. We increase the number and variety of connect groups within the church to provide home and discipleship for all who want small group connection. And uh, as part of that, um, uh, we're very keen on the idea of having a, a, a range of different uh, types of groups where people can connect. It's also important that as we get larger, you have a smaller place to connect. As churches get larger, it becomes more impersonal. As congregations grow, as we extend this building, and we, we comfortably can get maybe 200 people in here. It's really important, actually, that your connect group, or house group, whatever your mentality, we call them connect groups here, um, is, is a place where you go and you are known, where people know you and you know them. A place where you can unpack the preaching together and say, I didn't understand that. What does that mean? Or what did you think of this? A place where uh, you can have support and encourage, encouragement can come in and that's why if you as we get larger these become more and more important so just want to encourage you with those and of course the thing with Herman's job here is that it will never end <laughs> because we will always need new uh, connect groups we also said this we wanted to make the gospel message bigger in Seven Oaks be like the church in um, Thess Thessalonica where it says the message rang out like a bell that's what we want to be and we said that we particularly wanted to maximize in year one the opportunities in the four o'clock uh, and the 10 o'clock services. We want to make sure the gospel is a constant theme in these two uh, services. And then we said over the next five years, we've got to think about how we can take the gospel message and make it even bigger still so that the whole of Seven Oaks can hear it. We also said because... Uh, one of the prophetic words we'd received was that God was going to plant out churches from this church. And this church here would be a hub. We thought, well, how do we become a resourcing base for new congregations? And we said there are five areas that we need to work on. And uh, those were the five areas. And we've made some progress in some of those areas. And there's some announcements I'll tell you about in the next uh, week or two, which are good. But we are working hard in those areas. But there's certainly a way to go yet uh, before we're there. The other important issue for us as a church in terms of our, um, our vision is to make sure that we have an international element to what we do. Because Jesus said, go into all the earth. 
going to all the he didn't say just stick where you are boys and just be happy with that no he said start where you are and then go into the next region and then go to the ends of the earth therefore a healthy church always has an international flavor that's the way i see it it has an international flavor to it and you know that we um particularly have a burden for germany which is why we support support pete and sarah in berlin and uh, we want to continue to support Jeremy and Laura in Africa. We want to continue to develop stronger links with uh, the Rhineback Church, which uh, Ian and I went to see probably about three years ago now, isn't it? About three years ago. And obviously, Seven Oaks is twinned with Rhineback. And also, we just want to make sure that there is passion for the church worldwide so that we're not inward-looking people. You know what I mean? So that we're not just saying it's our own little patch and you know, forget everything else. No, no. No, we have to have a vision that says the ends of the earth. It's got to be in us. So that's what we talked about, wasn't it, last time? And we said that's a kind of five-year plan. But I think this question we have to ask as well. What's the job for this year? It's good, it's good to have a five-year plan, isn't it? But actually, what are we doing this year? And I think this year is important because this year we're not going to be planting out a new congregation, are we? We, we did that last year and we're not in a position yet to do that. We might be in two or three years' time. Trust that we will be. But actually, so what does that mean for this year? Well, I want to say this is the job. It's to build and to grow this year. This year, I, I kind of want you to do this. I want you to roll your sleeves up. I say, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to expand what we currently have. And we're going to give time and effort to thinking about our 10 and our 4 p.m. services. How do we grow those? How, How do you play your part in growing those? Let me put it that way so that we do it together. What about your connect groups? Can I encourage you with your, again with your connect groups? Attend your connect groups. Bring friends to your connect groups. We're going to grow our kids and our youth work. We want to see those grow larger. In fact, we're getting more and more kids. Jackie told me the other day, I had 14 kids in creche. And I said to her, oh. (laughs) Because that's a lot, really. But but the numbers she reports are just going up. She said, well, it used to be eight, and then it was ten. And then we were getting an average of 12, and now it's 14. She's hitting 14s. So we're encouraged uh, by what we're seeing. But I just want to encourage you, please step forward to serve. Please step forward to serve. Please don't think this is everyone else's job. I need you. I need you to come to stand up and say, yeah, I will be on the coffee rotor. Oh, I could see, I could just feel the response to that. <laughs> Woo! Ian touched on it because he said, look, this is about welcoming visitors. This is about being open. This is about saying, hey, you're welcome here. Therefore, and also when you serve, who are you doing it for? You're doing it for Jesus. You're saying, okay, I'm going to serve because Jesus came not to to be served, but to serve. You want to reflect who he is? Get on a team and start serving. You want to grow as a Christian? Get on a team and start serving. Find yourself clashing with other people. Why is that person so irritating? And work it out. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. 
but that's the reality of it. Do you want to grow as a believer? No, no, I don't want to grow. I just want to sit here and have a lovely, lovely time. Might be in the wrong church. <laughs> no, no, we've got to keep building. That's why we're going to build a bigger building. We've got to, we've got to make more space for more people. Which means I will be knocking on your door for finance at some point this year. So just, I'm, I'm giving you a warning. So there you go. It's a year of inviting friends to church, to group, to alpha, to joining teams, to getting involved, to rolling up your sleeves, talking to visitors, and building what God has uh, done among us. Yeah? Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was going to talk about this, but I'm going to talk about that next week now, so I'm just going to whiz through that. There you go. Vision and mission 2000. 2000? No, 2020. We're going to do church bigger. Let's pray again. Father, we love you, and I want to ask you, uh, Father, that you would help us to play our part in vision and mission. And, uh, Father, you'd help us to see how we could serve. Father, I ask you that there would be a significant growth again. Thank you for every person that's come. Thank you for the 250 who came last week. Father, we ask for further increase and further expansion. In the name of Jesus. Amen.